Welcome to the bonus footage from episode one. We actually spoke with Manisha for close to two hours, but we couldn't fit all of it into that one episode. So we put this one together for you. We'll touch upon subjects such as the Fury comeback in the late 2000s. And I think that was from 10-2, which they had come back uh, to win over Riot and going into some of the uh, what that experience was like. Uh, at the same time, we also spoke about a little bit more on the legal side and and the trademark. And so we've included that footage as well uh, here. Uh, we hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed it. Go for it. Okay. I, I think, you know, Tony also came up with this one. Um, I remember being... You're throwing at... him under the bus already? <laughs> no, it's a good question, I swear. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it, is it... oh he, he's got uh, a whole set of questions. But um, I remember I almost missed my flight for this game. Um, so you were part of the 10-2 Fury comeback over Riot, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2008, yeah. All right, so as a handler on the O-line, who gave up all those points? How do you not lose your shit? And what was the mentality of the O-line when you did get the disc in the second half? You know, there is a mantra that is so true. You really do have to play one point at a time. You really do. And momentum shifts are both sneaky and hard to contain once they start. You know, um, you you walk into a game and, 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 and let me be clear, I'm, I'm a huge tennis fan. I have been geeking out over Australian Open so much in the last couple of days. And I think that mental aspect is so true in so many sports. Um, I was watching uh, Danielle Collins play SWAT tick last night and Collins is up four one in the third set. Mm. Momentum is completely in Collins favor. Completely. Yeah. And it really took, and the, and, and the announcers were talking about it. It was one point where Danielle had a clear winner. She shoots it wide and all of a sudden SWAT tick gets a point that she didn't actually even earn. Mm -hmm. But that was the tide. That was it. It was a single point that all of a sudden started to switch momentum. Swatik ended up winning the next five games in a row to take the third set last wow. night. It was incredible to watch. And so I, I will tell you as both a, a, a person who was present in that game and someone who has now studied this game mm. so much, momentum shifts are real. It is the ability to like, uh, the way I described it as a coach is you have to have the memory of a goldfish. You have to let it go and you just got to move on. Just keep swimming. You know, that Finding Nemo concept, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And I don't even think it, it was clear, even as on the sideline in that game, that anyone really appreciated what was happening, that that shift was happening. We just knew we kept putting that four person cup on and we kept knew we kept getting turnovers and then we just kept scoring. So we're like, let's just run it back. Let's put the four course and cup on and see what happens. And it kept working and it kept working. And no one was questioning that it was working. We just said, we're just going to keep doing it. Um, and and I will, and I offer this to someone who is a huge fan of the game and a fan of a lot of the women on Riot. In so many ways, that was Riot's collapse and not Fury's any magic on the part of Fury. Just a persistence of just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Um and yeah, when you look back at it, you're like, that was wild. How did that happen? But in that moment, you're not thinking about that. You're really not. You're just sort of like, okay, another point. Let's keep swimming. Let's keep putting on the D. Um, when that disc gets into your hands on offense, though, so I, Fury scored, uh, sorry, Riot scored 
what, four, not a lot, but like four points maybe in the second half? I think was the final 15? score was 15-11, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so three. So, yeah, so you weren't on offense that often in the second half. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, everything went epically bad for Fury in that first half. Uh, I mean, yeah. very simple drops. Just it was nothing that Riot had done in that first half, per se. They aren't spectacular layout Ds that are happening. It's just mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. and that swell of mistakes gave them a huge lead. That swell of mistakes allowed Fury to come back. Um, and again, objectively, I see, I look at that film and I go, what in the world? But like I said, in that moment, you're not thinking about that. And you, and I don't think anyone was thinking about that until that game ended. And everyone kind of looked at each other and were like, we won. And then people are like, do you realize? And and I will tell you, half that team would have been like, no, we did not realize. Wow. We did not appreciate. We didn't conceptualize. It wasn't in our you know, forefront of our brain. This is the biggest comeback you've ever seen in women's sports, men's sports, heck, sports in general for ultimate. We No one was thinking that in that game. It wasn't until afterwards, till that context was given. And again, Swatik was also told that question after that game. Did you realize that was five games in a row? Her response, I just kept hitting. Man. Okay, so here, here's <laughs> bonus footage, I guess. So I think here's the, the concern. They've said it's a long-term, they're holding a long-term agreement between UFA and, and WAMO. If someone tries to intrude on that will the ufa be a party to trying to protect that business then as a result and did this just get stronger protection as a result of them now actively using it in so that's a different question that's a different question yeah but i will still say again not being the trademark attorney that uh, a reattempt to trademark a term that has otherwise been genericized i think is the word genericized is not enough to undo because again it goes back to common nomenclature usage just because someone says i'm going to reestablish or re-up my interest in this part of the issue i'm going to say is that whammo's lack of enforcement in the last decade and i think that that's reasonable like i said i'll look it up but i really thought that that last lawsuit happened in 2008 or 9 7 8 or 9 and no one has seen a lawsuit since then. Um, to your point, Tony, now maybe because everyone's afraid to use it and everyone understood that this is the land, lay of the land. But I, I do think it wouldn't be as cut and dry for that lawsuit today where you've now seen the sport, you know, not only internationally explode. And, and to be clear, this was only a U.S. trademark. Nothing's ever prohibited international usage of the word Frisbee. Um, it, yeah, but uh, Tushar, there's an interesting question about does sort of this re-uppance of the legality of it. Some, yeah. Uh, I can read, I can read some of the material off to you if you want. Yeah. Was this on Reddit that people were talking? This is on Reddit and I saw one on the Facebook page, for the hall of fame. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the 2000. Okay. This is the one oh, I'm talking about. So it's 2009. Yeah. So this is the lawsuit I'm talking about. Yep. So this lawsuit, in fairness, as I understood it, they withdrew. Um, so effectively giving Whammo the win. I understood that they withdrew this. But this was 2009. And there's a lot to be said about whether this term has now become 
so generic since this time that this lawsuit would prevail today? That's the question I'm trying to ask. I mean, it's almost nullified because as soon as as soon as this deal was signed, it's obviously an enforceable trademark because they're literally like going to be selling discs. This is what, by the way, where the money answer comes in. They're going to be selling discs that are frisbee discs that are co-op that are branded yeah. with with the UFA, right? So and the like, right, and so I think to Shashar's question is now the enforcement mechanism UFA, which. Yeah, I guess you want it's, to spend your time litigating that. It's still whammo, but like there, but you know, um, but there's no way you're going to pull the trademark from from whammo now, right? Like they're like, well, obviously, um, you know, we're enforcing our trademark and we're using it for for frisbees. Like, yeah, it's right in front of you, right? How could you that be genericized? This is a specific league, a specific disc that we're using. Sure. This is not going to become a professional ultimate disc, etc. I hear that. But in the end, right now, I think there'd be an interesting question about market share of Discraft discs in stores in comparison to Aria discs in stores. Will now, because I think this is to your question, this is where money actually is. It's not that ADL UFA is selling to their fans in a thing. It's that Discraft discs are available at Ross. That's where you buy them now, you know, that you can find them at a Dick's Sporting Goods. Is Dick Sporting Goods now going to say, Discraft, we're no longer going to serve your product. We are now going to go with this Aria branded Frisbee product and put that in our stores. That, I think, is where, to your point, They're money absolutely going to do that, 100%. You think, that's the question. If, if Discraft is smart, which hopefully they should be, they're going out to all of their vendors right now and doubling down their commitments, doubling down their, you know, delivery opportunities and price lines because for the most part a dick sporting goods doesn't have a reason to change its product line unless there's a either a cheaper product they could potentially get from another vendor not they, not necessarily because they, the word frisbee is now different hold on a second dicks i was in a dick sporting goods looking for ultimate discs like about five months ago they fucking aren't there there's disc golf section. you're in new york <laughs> <laughs> Who's and outside think, throwing a frisbee? Uh, it's a Kingston in the summer. I don't want you to tell me. A disc? <laughs> but I think it's an it's an example of the distribution, right? Like, are you going to find it at a Walmart? Are you going to find it at these other locations? Whammo, whammo, it, it says in the press release they're going to get it into Walmart and Dicks because Whammo already has their their stuff there. They're just goofy toys. Now they're going to have a sporting division for Ultimate Frisbee with the aria disc rebranded as a whammo disc i mean that seems clear as day to me so yeah that's and, and well if discraft wants to get on on that it's too late they already commit they already put their eggs in the basket of disc golf you can say goodbye to, to ultimate in, in a sense unless they battle unless they fight you know yeah i mean there, to your point there is an opportunity there but let's be clear that's not benefiting the sport or the word frisbee that's just benefiting aria right that's Aria, Aria is is no longer. Aria is yeah. is essentially been bought to be part yeah. to 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 make the thing with Whammo and and AUDL happen. It's right? it's still it's still an Aria disc, right? For the context of this conversation, it's still. I don't Aria. think so. Well, to me, no, that's now a Whammo disc. Okay, so it's the Whammo disc, right? Just swap the word Aria with Whammo disc, but it's it's branded, right? Like I think they're using the term frisbee as i read in there on that and calling the professional ultimate 
Frisbee. Correct. It's not Whammo's producing it anymore. Are you sure. still going to exist and produce it? It's just now got the name. Yeah, they haven't Frisbee. bought the mold because the mold is where the money's at. It's worth it to have the mold, and the mold is owned by AUDL. Yeah, I think that's right. But but the opposite direction there to say that Whammo is now going to go and get it into all of these stores. To me, that's a bigger deal, and I didn't necessarily read that in in that release. It's in there, right? Yeah. But but that then implies that there's some real revenue and ownership stake on that. But who's footing the bill for that? Uh, what do you mean footing the bill? I mean, Wamma already has distribution in those stores. But you got to produce that much. You have to produce stock in like that much inventory needs to be produced and distributed. Yeah, they've they, never oh, done that. On themselves that they're giving themselves a one-year runway. So they're saying in 2025, we're going to have these discs in, in these stores. But but there's a fairly significant investment you need to make in order to produce that much and distribute that much at the same time. So where is that money coming from? Are they like increasing their production facilities? Like there's a lot of unknowns. And if they're doing that, how are they going to maintain quality? Like we've seen Discraft can do it and maintain that quality on a disc. Can they do that as well with these? Or are we going to end up with these like production error? Yeah. Discs yeah. that break or that's what happened last time. But it's it's mm -hmm. starting to happen with Discraft. Discraft has three molds right now. One of them is not good. Um, so you could order a batch of Discraft disc and they will not be great discs, but your chances are you're gonna get a, a good disc. But um there are some flimsy disc traps out there right now, right now, because apparently when these molds after X amount of years, they just they'll they'll just kind of go, and uh, to recreate the perfect mold apparently is like extraordinarily challenging and difficult. Mm. But I, I think yeah, Tishar, I've not even thought about that. And again, Tony, uh, I want to see if I'm understanding is you know because Whammo's discs. So then I'm just going to go to weight. Let's just call it, let's do a weight thing. Okay. So you have a 175 Aria, you have a 175 Discraft. I was under the impression, just as you mentioned earlier, that Whammo's are 165. No. Do they, do they have, a, one, the old, do the they have a 175? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So then there's just the question of, yeah. So is Whammo now saying, hey, Walmart, in addition to our other, you know, fancy uh, Whammo product. We want you to add this particular product. It has UFA branding on it. As let me read from uh, um, Adam's article in Forbes yesterday. As part of the partnership with SDI, this is the uh, <laughs> okay. As yeah, part of the, the as part of the partnership with S, yeah, that's the <laughs> that disc is going to go away. <laughs> Um, as part of the part, and hopefully that branding will go away too, because it'll be it's it will be the branding will be UFA branding, right? Like they'll they'll make it look nice. As part of the partnership with SDI, this is the company that, that this is Whammo's like subsidiary that owns the the frisbee brand, right? Which hauls, by the way, Whammo's owned by like Stallion Disc Sport, I think they're called, or Stallion Sports, which Steve Hall said would take about a year to put together. The company will supply frisbees to Walmart. Target and Dick Sporting Goods, among other retailers, which in turn will spread awareness of the sport of ultimate frisbee. Hall said the time frame on that looks like 2025. Ask if the UFA will benefit financially from sales. Hall said both SDI and UFA benefit from sales of the pro frisbee. So they're going to have two models. They're going to have a pro frisbee, which is R175 
that we would actually use and whatever other bullshit we wants to put out there for the kids and, and the beach people or whatever. Not us beach people too, sure. Um, regardless of who made it and which distribution channel was used. Okay, that's an important point, right? Regardless of who made it, because AUDL owns the mold, mm -hmm. and which distribution channel was used. That's Whammo. Whammo's distribution, UFA's mold, right? So it looks like they already straightened that out in the in the negotiation, according so to the UFA is fronting money here. Right. It says it says that will both benefit financially. So it no, sounds no, no, like yeah, a yeah, harder yeah, deal. You have to make money. You have to spend money, right? It's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're right. So maybe yeah, AUDL makes may, is going to make the disc. So they're going to have to put up the money, and yeah. Wamo is going to distribute them. Distribute the disc, and then, and then kick money back to um to the sales. Yeah. yeah. I got something really weird to show at the same time here. Several types of disc will be available to these large stores. Both the traditional cheaper frisbee that you toss to your dog with your dad in the backyard, and the new professional ultimate frisbee trademark—they already trademarked it. But this is registered trademark for ultimate as well. Yeah, is what they're indicating. Yeah, we not use ultimate as well now. This is what we're going to talk to Irv Cab about. Irv Cab has the copyright as one of the authors of Ultimate Frisbee. Um, Irv Cab, Steve. Uh, Richard Denberg and Joel Silver have the copyright to Ultimate Frisbee rules, but I'm not sure if it's been lapsed because it's been a while. Well, that's so, that's copyright. That'll that'll have different rules than the trademark, right? So, I mean, look. Let me show you that. that uh, this is this is what this is who we are. This is where our sport came from. Shh, Ultimate Frisbee. And they use the R right there, and then uh, all rights reserved here, right? From uh, Irv, and then I think you can see it right there. Uh, who who owned it back in the day? The Irv Cal, Joel Silver, Richard Denberg. So I don't know. That's another <laughs> sticky wicket. <laughs> we'll keep going down that hole. But I, I think just in this conversation that we've had is. It's a developing story. We, mm -hmm. we have a lot of unknowns here, but there's obviously a lot of money being poured into this. And I mean, at some point, I don't think they're going to give up, right? Does that present a real threat to the overall sport? If that you have a for-profit ownership for presumably the highest levels? And well, so again, is, is it ownership of a product? Is that what we're trying to cannibalize here? I mean, that's now I'm questioning. Maybe this entire thing is about cannibalizing the product and the ability to product. Maybe this is a big ploy to get Discraft out of business in this space. To, to your point, tell them, you take disc golf, we take this. Maybe that's what this really is coming down to. Uh, and UFA is just in the is the median and wants to, what USA you should have, uh, be able to help facilitate. Because let's be clear, right? Part of what Discraft does is it puts up images of USAU, right, on some of its products if you see it sold. Uh, Whammo, whatever that thing had, had some photographs. I'm curious where those photographs are coming from. Now, I bet this branding of whatever this is is going to be AUDL slash UFA photos. It's going to be these athletes now branded onto this product. Yeah. So they literally said, let me. Um, and so the ability to have a branded professional Frisbee and a target at Walmart is huge for, us, huge for us with the general community connection for example a jack williams empire frisbee can be sold now by a whammo mm -hmm. 
Yeah, sorry, Tushar, I was talking about the box that you were showing earlier, or maybe that was Tony, whoever's sharing their screen. The box had like, oh, not from Wamo, from Walmart. The yeah, one that you, I'll go to that one. Yeah, so yeah, to that point, then there is power of getting the eyes onto the product itself, and that product median then becomes UFA. Um, now, again, does that, yeah, because that, see that bottom to the right? On the top, bottom right? Yeah. There, that image right there. Yeah. I wonder where it's coming from. Yeah, so they they just bought that image. I mean, every 10 years, Whammo would get do something with Ultimate. They'd something with USAU. They'd buy some stock photography or buy some imagery or connect with USAU about every 10 years. I've seen it in the past. We've been in mm -hmm. the sport long enough. I've seen it happen. And get something out like that, put it in stores, and then forget it and let it sit on shelves. They didn't care. They just mm -hmm. wanted to keep the trademark alive. That that was always the way I understood it. But now it seems like they're actually going to try to maybe do something with it, um, for real, you know. But I, but but slap. I want to know where this goes for WUL. Like, it, you know, is this? Do you like ten years from now? Are you going to have to like fight to try to? Uh, I don't, that's the wrong word. But like, are you going to make a deal with like Whammo to have your to use frisbees because that's a more valuable. Uh, terminology now or a more valuable disc it all of a sudden becomes you know yeah i mean there's going to be two questions again i think it's the question of equipment and then there's the question of branding um i'm yeah. actually now more down the rabbit hole about the equipment question about what this does for the equipment moving forward and who or what uh equipment becomes the default in our sport moving mm -hmm. forward um you know uh the second question about the branding, um, like I said, uh, are we going to see UFA saying you can't use the word Frisbee now in your broadcast, WL? Sucks for you. Gosh, I hope it doesn't come down to that. Um, sure. But for the most part, like I said, we've been so adapted to the word disc. We've used it so much already. It's part of the nomenclature. Um, but to your point, like, is there a point 10 years from now? where people are like, don't you mean Frisbee? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be like, wow, the world has now circled completely. <laughs> what is old is new. <laughs> um, it's possible. I mean, and again, this is what I'm going to go back to. I'm glad I hedged. The jury is out on what this does uh, in, in what space. To me, the equipment thing is going to become far more relevant and far more quicker. Uh, then the secondary question of who owns what the sport is defined as or seen as or marketed as. Well, why do you say equipment? Like, I mean, the audio disc is is gold. It's great. It's a great disc. I disagree. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't like how it flies. Okay. Uh, yeah. And now fairness, it's some sort of the usage of this crap for me. I mean, you know, we've, you know, the WL has always decided, tried to discuss, you know, do you switch products on on the equipment? Um, you know, I, I remember being part of that test group when USAU was considering ARIAs uh, and they sent out a bunch of samples and they had uh, players around the country offer input on whether they like Discraft or ARIA. Um, and, and it's because of the distribution of the plastic. It, it causes the disc, just as we see in disc golf all the time, it changes how the disc flies. Sure, um, sure. And so that mold is affecting the flight of the, the disc. Now, to your point, if you've mastered Aria, you're going to love Aria. Okay. 
Um, and in and in fairness, maybe I just haven't mastered the usage of the aria yet. Um, but uh, I right now, my old in my old ways, really love my discrafts. <laughs> <laughs> Discraft makes a great disc. That's a, that's yeah. I mean they have for a long time. No, no yeah. one argues that. Another Canadian product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. originally originally yeah. not anymore yeah but uh yeah i mean i'm not suggesting that area is not a great disc i'm just saying i like my disc crafts right now um but as many things happen in the world um you know i was wearing my nikes i moved to my adidas's you know uh it, it may happen uh and that'll that, that and like i said i think we see that transition happen quicker than this messaging branding um vision direction of the sport so can i ask a last question why why is there a way to like have a mass marketing campaign to get people aware of our sport is there is there a way to do that or is it just we you know i mean even if we had the money is it you know can we like i don't know put up billboards is this something that whammo could do you know is there is there a way to like tell everybody in the world that like we exist I mean, I think right now the people we should talk to are pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about a sport that all of a sudden went from obscurity to popularity. And that was just purely viral. So like it's, yeah, yeah we can't buy our way out is what you're saying almost. Well, I mean, I think there was a lot of money put into pickleball very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it made its way into mainstream media very quickly. You know, you people were making pickleball jokes on late night all of a sudden. And they're like, what are you talking about pickleball? Um, you know, they're, they're context and community, but let's also be clear, prize money made a difference too. Uh -huh. Um, ultimate doesn't have prize money, but you put prize money in anything. All of a sudden, let's talk about what is that, uh, game with the net and you bounce it. Spike ball. Spike ball. Yeah. That's popular because of prize money. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's harder to do sport team sports with prize money. Thank you to Manisha for joining us on our first podcast. I hope you enjoyed the bonus footage. Uh, we certainly did a pretty interesting for, for us in, in terms of learning more about that particular game, as well as diving into the potential impact on the equipment side. Uh, in our next episode, we've got Irv Kalb, who is one of the Johnny Appleseeds of Ultimate, who took it really from CHS into college and then spread it there. Uh, one of the early pioneers of the sport. Uh, that will be coming out in the next week or so. I hope you look forward to it. If you like and subscribe, then you can be notified of that as well. And I think you got to hit a notification icon or something like that. Whatever, just watch social media. This episode will get to you. And uh, share this with your friends. Thank you. Thank you.